Would you rather be surrounded by bees or surrounded by spiders? Spider. Uh, Whoa. Really? Probably probably bees. Cause, probably <clears throat> spiders because I know bees would kill me. Spiders would probably not. Black widows. They would try. Oh, black widows. Maybe they would try. <laughs> <Yeah>. They would <laughs> try. <laughs> Cam, the new Netflix original film about a naked girl in front of a camera who has her identity stolen. Is it worth a watch? Tanner breaks that down first. Then, the Golden Globes have released their nominations. What were we happy to see, and what were we absolutely distraught about being snubbed? Birds of Prey gets a title, and we take a look at the two new Netflix exclusives, Mowgli and the forthcoming Triple Dipple Frontier. It's time to dive in. This is Cinemaxtic. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Cinemaxic Podcast. Five. Five. I'm five. losing track, man. Pretty sure it's five. Time flies when we're having fun, am I right? Yeah. It's having, we're having a lot of fun. Um, on my left, as always, Tanner Rush. Danger Rush, at Danger Rush, the man himself, the English major, <laughs> Tanner Rush, how are you feeling today, buddy? Your pib is empty? I'm feeling lit. Your, your pib is empty, though. Yeah. Need more pib. Is that um, a little pib in Jameson? I'm good. Not Jameson. No. no. Vodka? No. Mm, it's got something Rum? in there. Just got... It's got a little something extra. Got a little something. A little something tasty. Tim. Tim Reichmuth, at Tim Trist. On my right, That's me. How are we doing today, buddy? Doing pretty well. Uh, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, I see you diving into those flaming hot munchies. It's uh, the first uh, flaming hot Cheeto I've that? ever That's eaten. Doritos, really? You never had a flaming hot Cheeto before? No, that was the first one. All of us have holes in our stomachs because we've done this our whole lives, and I'm, you. I'm saying I'm a fan. What is that? It's a bag of Sun Chips, Cheetos, pretzels. Man, that thing just has it all. <laughs> some roll, some rolled gold. Ooh, mm. it's not bad. That's not bad at all. And as always, my name is Max Leadham at Max Fozzy at that guy in front of the microphone right now, Max Leadham. I am happy to be your host again. Happy to be here. I'm very excited to uh, get into all sorts of movie news today. Uh, we have a, quite the lineup to get into. But uh, guys, what uh what what movie news has intrigued you this week? I know we kind of had a bunch of things we were wanting to cover. Have you what, what's been going on in your cinema life this week? Okay, I mean that's quite I, the I lead will, off. So I'll start off. By We've s- been trying to break this <laughs> habit for weeks. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, I I'd say probably the most exciting one is Avengers Four being released. That trailer. Um, which oh, we're yeah. going to talk about I for, no. later, aren't we? I, oh, we, yes, we were. We were going to. No, I put that on there. We oh, are going to talk about that it was later. on the docket. Sorry, I did um, not say that. I downloaded a 6 9 song. Takashi? Yeah, I did. I feel He's disgusting. Going to prison. About it. He is. So I figured for every life sentence he gets, I download one song. And so far, he's going to get a life sentence, and I've downloaded one song. I think that's a pretty good, what is that, pretty good exchange rate. Sure. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. It's the song called TikTok. Couldn't help myself. I had to. That I had to app? give it a shot. Is it that app that everyone no, sees? No, it's not. It's the, a, just a song. Kesha oh. song. No, not that one. Takashi Six Nine, as in the man who himself, who is serving, going to be serving a life sentence. I, and I got to be honest, I don't 
relish. <laughs> uh, racketeering uh, charges. Racketeering, yeah. And Which I'm not, is it's just mafia shit. And I'm not one to really relish in anyone's like misfortune, but man, am I happy he's going to jail forever. Yeah. Well, I, he hasn't been convicted yet. No, he hasn't, but he has to serve a minimum. Of a certain amount of time, and I would like I, thirty-five years, thirty a minimum of like thirty-five years to life, and I highly doubt he isn't gonna be uh, isn't gonna be found guilty because all of his buddies got arrested too, and uh, Kashi's going down, baby. You better you better hear, you better hope he doesn't hear this podcast. Yeah, guys, no. can we please start a Twitter campaign <laughs> to get Post Malone to release a Christmas album? We could. I don't know if we would have much effect on that, but. He seems like a reasonable guy who Grass might roots. listen to a very small movie podcast. Look, all due respect, Amy Winehouse died before she could give us a Christmas album. I at least need one from Post Malone. Wow, that is... <laughs> and if you listen that's, to his new deep. album, he's living pretty hard these days. I wish he would slow down a bit. He's not looking too healthy. Hey, I am I am the diest, the diest of hards, the hardest of dies. Of Mac Miller, so I know all too well about artists going too hard and then suddenly dying. There's actually a really did you that funny Pikachu meme? You, you, the you know the surprise Pikachu, the surprise Pikachu meme. The yeah. caption was the Never caption was rapper does lots of drugs and drinks lots of lean. Rapper dies fans and it's a shocked Pikachu face and that was so me. I was like. Mac Miller's going to live forever, and he openly talks about his heavy drug use and codeine habits and all this stuff, and sure enough. People need to realize if you're going to make it big in the music industry, you have your first album, you have your breakout hit or whatever, mm-hmm. immediately the next thing you do, Christmas album, just in case you die. I'm waiting for Michael Buble to follow up on his, his Christmas album hype. He, I don't think he's reading, like, we love your... Christmas he just album. knows he can't. He can't top it. There's he he covers only like twelve songs in the album. There's there's a bunch that he could do his own take on. I, I would love to hear, hear an original. Original, yeah. Uh, Cold December night. I don't know if that's a Michael Bublé original. It's my favorite song that's, on that album. My favorite Christmas song of all time is uh, "What Christmas Means to Me." But Stevie Wonder. That oh yeah, that one's good. Um, I actually Steve yeah Stevie Wonder's right? probably number one. I think no right. I don't know. All I know is I love CeeLo Green's version. Mm. CeeLo Green's version of What Christmas Means to Me uh, is... Oh, God. I think I just messed up real bad. I have a Christmas playlist. Let me pull it up real quick. I've been putting one together all day. It's Christmas music and Christmas adjacent music. Ooh. <laughs> so... Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Link in my bio. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What Christmas Means to Me. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Okay. Great song. But yeah, and I really love CeeLo Green's cover. He just belts it out. So Tanner, um, Cam, that's a movie that's out on Netflix right now. And I believe it's about a naked lady who has her identity stolen. Am I correct? Correct. Um, All right, let's move on. Um, Nope. (laughs) No, I think I want to hear more about this. Sure. So Netflix. Tanner, what you got? Netflix has been pushing a lot of original content lately. This is just one of the hordes of original movies that are have come out and are continuing to come out. Um, it was getting a lot of reviews on Letterboxd, which I don't know if you're all familiar with that website. Actually, yeah, follow me at Max yep. Fozzie on Letterboxd for all my movie recommendations. Follow me, too, at Real Dinkus. 
Um, Ooh. <laughs> follow me at, at, at Temptress. But yeah, I saw a lot of reviews coming up for it, and so I decided, and they were all pretty favorable, so I wanted to check it out. Um, like Max said, it's about a cam girl. Um, these are basically, I guess you qualify them as sex workers. I don't know if that's totally accurate, but they put on shows be a webcam on these websites and the audiences will kind of, you know, tip or donate money. Um, and in this particular website that this main character in cam is on, it kind of ranks the girls and she's trying to break the top 50. That's like her big thing. I guess it's kind of competitive. And so she has certain rules, certain things she won't do. She's got standards, but she's still trying to push the limits to, break into that top 50 and then uh at some point this sort of malicious doppelganger takes over her account uh looks just like her sounds just like her but it's doing things she would never do i can't count the amount of times i've been naked in front of a webcam and two weeks later someone else is also looking just like me naked in front of a webcam this This is more prevalent than you'd think this movie's gonna hit close to home um what? <laughs> so I really liked, just on a, a thematic level, it's pretty clever. Um, you know, just exploring concepts of identity, uh, empowerment through sexuality and feminism, bunch of elements, bunch of different talking points in there. And it, it approaches it, it's it's a taboo subject matter, but it doesn't treat it like it's skeezy or nasty or... I mean, I, I think it's a fair assessment of what it is um, in, you know, at least the men who consume that kind of content get involved with it. It's not really judgmental, but it's not necessarily romanticized either. Um, so I liked how kind of even-handed it was it's it's interesting it's not really scary um it kept me intrigued enough to see where it all ended up the problem is is that it took sort of that basic you know evil clone kind of premise and putting it in the digital age we're all concerned about you know our identity privacy that kind of thing online but it tackles it in the most straightforward, uncreative way um, they could have. There are so many other things they could have done that I kept thinking about, oh, it's going to go this way or it's going to go that way, and it didn't. It just walks a straight line towards the um, the ending. So that's a little disappointing. It's not a bad movie by any means. Um, it's pretty competently made. Nothing really blew me away in terms of like cinematography or you know, editing or anything like that. The performances were all fine. Uh, I, I got invested enough, but it is kind of squandered potential ultimately. Uh, worth checking out if you don't mind some mildly extreme subject matter. Uh, I've seen worse Game of Thrones episodes, honestly. It's not, it's nothing too bad. Uh, if that's a concern of yours, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's it's cam. Not... It's okay. I give it an okay, out okay out of ten. Okay out of ten. Wow, I'll take it. 
I'll take it. That's good. You didn't, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, it sounds like it kind of reminds me kind of an Ingrid Goes West from what you were describing. Mm. It, it, a very, it's a digital age tale. And theirs is a little bit more of the, yeah, like you said, more taboo subject matter where Ingrid Goes West is more mundane social media. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really great film as well. If you guys check out Cam, you should definitely check out Ingrid Goes West. I think they would go hand in hand with each other rather well. I really like that movie, Ingrid Goes West. It was good. So I'll definitely have to check out Cam, Tanner. Thank you for mm. uh, your solid review there. It was good. Thank you. A lot of people like uh, hearing you, by the way. Oh, cool. A lot of people have said, I like talking. Uh, t- our friend Tyler constantly is like, man, that guy Tanner knows his stuff. And I'm like, well, he, he's an English major. And he knows his stuff. Yeah. He also just happens to also really like movies. And is this overall a really good guy? When you combine those two together, <clears throat> that's when the magic happens. That's correct. That's correct. Um, moving on to our next topic, it's also going to be a Netflix original. And... It just happens to go by the name of Mowgli. Um, Legend of the Jungle. Legend Legend of the the Jungle. jungle. Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. And it's time for kind of a a group review. Uh, Tim, per usual, has not seen the movie. Um, I wish I was you. (laughs) Tanner has strong feelings on it. I'll I'll just... um, Just getting right into this, this Mowgli review. I thought it was definitely entertaining enough in parts to watch it. I, I didn't think it was straight up dull ever. I thought the voice acting was, especially by Christian Bale, I really liked Christian Bale's voice acting. I don't much care for Andy Circus's portrayal as, as Baloo, which I it hurts me to say because this is his passion project. This is something he's wanted to make forever because he's obviously a giant motion picture or um, um, uh, CGI character motion mo- capture, motion capture uh, star. So I was kind of bummed to say I didn't really like his voice for Baloo. I thought he was charming, but just overall I didn't think it meshed well with the character. The CGI looks really underdone, very underdone. They are have some realistic landscapes, and the animals just kind of, just don't even look like they're in. They're just kind of popping off the screen in a bad way. They look like, I mean, obviously CGI, but the way just they tried to give them sort of human-ish faces to where you could read it more like you would read a person's. But it looked to me like kind of like a Jim Henson Studios puppet quality, like from like the Labyrinth or Dark Crystal. Yeah, um, There's just something not quite right now, about it. I will say I respect Andy Serkis for going there because he clearly wanted more acting out of his cast here because this is motion capture and he wanted acting from these guys whereas in Jungle Book there is no motion capture, no facial capture. It's just guys reading lines uh, to the character, which is fine. I mean, I love Jungle Book. So I respect Andy Serkis' decision to kind of maybe not go for ultra-realistic, ultra-realistic in the sake of trying to capture performances. But I have to agree, I just don't think it worked. I thought the animals looked really awkward, just really strange. Just, I don't know, especially especially um, the tiger, uh, Shere Khan. He has, like, a very flat face and big 
bulbous body and giant face. bulging. Yeah, and his face is like three times the size of a normal tiger face. Yeah. It just kind of didn't go well with me because, you know, Mowgli is obviously played by a real child actor, a real person, and it just didn't seem like they're supposed to be realistic animals, and it did not come off that way to me at all. Um, but it, the the biggest issue with this movie to me was was it just kind of went part to part and didn't it just seemed like a bunch of clips thrown together like the first especially like the first 45 minutes of the movie it just like clip 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 this isn't necessarily it doesn't feel like there was a cohesive story going through the whole thing um i'm not sure if i if i felt that i do think there was just some bad editing all around yeah, that could have been what I was noticing more um, than that, yeah. Particularly, well, there's a couple sequences that stand out. If I'm remembering the film correctly, even though I just watched it like two days ago. Um, <clears throat> when there's a part where Mowgli kind of has a run-in with Shere Khan um, by this water, this kind of pool area. Yeah. And he runs away and he's just trying to get away from him and he's sort of freaking out in the middle of the jungle and there's just a bunch of quick close-up cuts of Mowgli kind of turning around or running and you just have no idea where he is in relation to anything um and I get he's supposed to be scared so maybe the intent in that sequence was just have it be all around disorienting but this happens multiple times in the movie um, again, when he is racing these wolves, it's sort of like a rite of passage. They do this race where they're trying to avoid getting caught by Bagheera. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not set up in a way where you can you know where the race is beginning and ending. You just have no idea where these characters are running. They're just running blindly through the jungle. There's a bunch of weird cuts of Mowgli moving around. And that that takes away from the tension of it. It's spatially confusing and if you could see maybe like if you had this idea of, okay, I know where Mowgli is. I know where he needs to go. There creates, there's tension in that. If knowing how far he needs to go, but yeah, it's just, he could be anywhere in the jungle at any scene at any point in this movie. It's, it's just, it's visual nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) I, I totally, totally agree with you there. I mean, the, the editing is definitely off. Um, I just nothing with this movie really meshed with me. I didn't. The tone was kind of everywhere too. It's tonally weird. It's like okay, am I watching a Jungle Book like children's movie? And then it went like like really dark in some places and uh, like Shere Khan talking about like eating Mowgli's whole family and stuff like that was kind of weird to me. Like that just seemed really blunt and blatant in a scene where it's kind of like happy and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I just overall the movie just totally didn't land with me. I I thought the performances were okay. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was hilarious, hilariously overdoing it as as Shere Khan. But I know you uh, have a different opinion on that. I nothing I noticed. I mean, I feel like Shere Khan is just he's a scene chewing villain. There's uh, even Idris Elba in the Jungle Book. I, I, I don't know. All Shere Khans feel the same to me so far. Yeah. Uh, my biggest problem with this movie was Mowgli himself. Like, 
I didn't like the way the character was written. I didn't like uh what's the boy's name? Um uh, who's Rohan playing him? Chand. Rohan Chand. So I get he's a child actor and it feels a little mean to criticize yeah, children. But when he is the primary human character, like you got to be able to sell it. And this kid just wasn't doing it. There were so many times where he just had this indiscernible expression on his face. It looked more like constipation than any sort of real emotion. Um, it's just he was simultaneously overdramatic and completely lifeless with some of his line delivery. I don't, especially towards the end when he has his final confrontation with Shere Khan, and it's like kind of presented as this like badass thing. But this kid's like, how old is he supposed to be? Eight or nine? Yeah, and let's, yeah, like I can't take it seriously. The Mowgli character isn't even likable. Like, yeah, well, I, he's just a butthead. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> <He's> I, just, <laughs> I will say this though. I mean, I I do disagree I, I, with his overall performance. Your take? I I thought he was. Fine. I thought he, uh, compared to the Jungle Book actor, I thought they were very, both very comparable. Whether that was like not your cup of tea both times, I understand that. Um, I, I thought he was for most kid actors. I thought he was serviceable. Maybe that's because I've seen a bunch of movies right lately with terrible kid actors in them, and I appreciate his presence a little bit more than I would have like the Hallmark kid actors. Watch a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies lately, so plenty of bad actors to go around. I, I think the problem is is that again. I, I read Mowgli as being like a pretty young kid, like prepubescent, but he's written like a teenager. He has like this teenaged angst. Um, he's very concerned with his identity. Like when, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, um, he's told he's not a wolf and it's sort of like this existential what? crisis for him. <laughs> but like, that's not something little kids are concerned about. You could tell a kid like, hey, like you're not a wolf and he'd be like okay i'm gonna eat my boogers and dab Mm. like little kids don't they have no they don't have an identity like that's not something you really you're concerned about until like you're a teenager or like in your 20s even maybe um i mean i don't know if i read that much into it just because i i know the jungle book that's like one of the biggest points in the jungle book stories it seems that Mowgli finding out he's not a wolf is like a big thing to him because he's like i'm i don't belong here which is kind maybe of like, I just don't believe it. Sure, sure. But let's. I mean, more pressing matters is that um, the actor who played Mowgli has been in in two movies in a row with movies that have subtitles with jungle in it, and that's just a massive problem for me. Uh, he, yeah, he was in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and then who does he think he is to follow that up with Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle? Who is he in Jumanji? He was the he was the boy in the bazaar. Who takes him to the snake? Oh, I don't remember that at all. Listen, oh, yeah. I'm all for, you know, having two big roles in a row, but with the d- jungle and both of the subtitles, I can't have that. Also, uh, uh, Frida? Frida Pinto? Or is it Freda? Frida Pinto? Pinto. She plays one of the villagers. She has a single line in the movie. I don't know how that's the only thing you use her for in your movie. <laughs> and then 
okay, here's the thing is she should have been the primary motive to get Bagheera out of the jungle. I'm trying to think, you know, put myself in Mowgli's shoes. Bagheera walks up and he's like, hey, dude, uh, Frida Pinto lives in that village down there. The I'd be like, Frida Pinto does. be like, well, okay, the jungle's been real and all, but I'm going to go to the village now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. No. Frida Pinto's down there. Frida Pinto. The actress Frida Pinto is living down below in that in that village. Um, I think we are, are pretty uh, determined on what we have for a rating on this. Tim does not get to participate because, again, he did not watch. Um, I'll give it a... I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. I thought it was entertaining enough to to give it a watch. It's definitely not nearly as good as John Favreau's The Jungle Book, which came out two years, two or three years ago. Uh, that movie is far superior in every way, shape, and form from the CGI to the voice acting to the overall performances of the actors. Everything about it is much better. Um, so if you were to choose between two of those, you know, see obviously see the original Jungle Book, but it's on Netflix. You know, Netflix doesn't get many movies worth watching uh, that are originals, and I think this at least falls into the worth-a-watch category. So I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. Tanner? Yeah. Um, th- this movie just... I-, I know it was in production the same time, more or less, as the Disney movie was. Um, and maybe Andy Serkis has been wanting to make it for even longer. And the thing is, is that when Disney announced they were making it, like Andy Serkis should have just jumped ship at that point. Like Disney was going to beat you to the punch. Uh, and even if Mowgli would have been a better film, it still would have been buried by Disney's adaptation. The thing is, is that Mowgli is not a better film. It's worse in every way, pretty much. Um, and people say that this was meant to be a more faithful adaptation of the books or something. It's like 98% the same movie, just yeah. worse. <laughs> it makes it reminds me of um oh, Gus Van Sant a long time ago did a shot for shot which Mowgli is not a shot for shot remake of the Jungle Book. I think I've seen But this. he did a shot for shot remake of Psycho. Oh, no, never mind. And most <laughs> of the, like all the dialogues more or less the same. On paper, it's the same exact movie, but it's just horrible somehow and i this makes me think of that like why did you make this it's funny because i was definitely thinking when i was watching that when i was watching the uh the movie i was like when is this supposed to be like much different than right than the actual I, movie the only differences i can think of is the orangutan monkey king isn't in it yeah and also the thing you can you can think and of the is ending's different i guess they were trying to but... give someone they were trying to give people a reason to watch the movie I think, and it's, they were like, it's more faithful adaptation of the book, and it's like, oh, it turns out that it's like the exact same. I suppose it's more violent, but uh, the the last Disney movie was, there was a fair amount of violence in it, either explicitly shown or at least implied, Yeah. so it's not even that much darker even, it's just, it's charmless. There's 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 <laughs> nothing to enjoy here. Uh, I feel so bad because I really like Andy Serkis as a as a talent, as a performer. Um and it's gotta suck just having this project you've wanted to make for so long just get buried immediately. Um yeah. I hope he, he keeps making movies. Oh he will. 
Um, he's gonna he'll he'll brush himself off. He'll which be fine. This he's wasn't too his first, but yeah, this has got to be kind of a punch in the gut for him, which sucks. But well, I don't blame him. He got abandoned by a movie studio and didn't get the polished up CGI. And clearly, this just didn't. I honestly, clearly, this didn't come together exactly the way he was hoping. But um, uh, I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And hope there's, he gets better. I could. You know, I felt indifferent about this immediately after I got done watching it, but the more I think about it, the more I dislike it. And I could go on and on and on, but then we'd be getting in the spoiler territory. Yeah. But anyways. Do you, uh, remember, do you remember the uh, the first live-action Jungle Book Disney made? Oh, uh, was that Disney? Yeah. It was, it was uh, With Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book, and it is a Disney live-action Jungle Book. Wasn't that the actor's name? Who plays Mowgli? Um, Jason Scott Lee. Jason what? I think all there I have remember, been multiple live-action Jungle I Book remember, movies. Jason Scott Lee, is that? I thought that was like Bruce Lee's one. That's, oh, no, that's the guy who played the crow. Um, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> He um, I, I, I remember that movie for one reason, and it's because one of the villains got trapped in a sand pit, like they, that, and uh, got trapped in quicksand, and then also he went into the this house that got flooded with sand. I, I say that movie is responsible for my very large fear of quicksand. Uh, too many things revolving around sand in that movie resulted in characters' deaths, and it it truly, truly frightened me and traumatized me. For many years, still to this day, I can't think of walking along and falling into a quicksand trap. Oh, okay. Wow, I confused That's a terrifying life. Robin Shue with Jason Scott Lee <laughs> happens all the time. My bad, guys. <laughs> he was uh, Liu Kang in the live-action Mortal Kombat movies that oh, came out yeah. in the early nineties. Yeah, I've only seen that once. I saw that. I we always drunk. assumed that was him in that Jungle Book movie, but it's not. It's not. It isn't. Um, I believe he's in. Uh, he's going to be in Mulan coming up here soon. Actually, uh, live action Mulan. So he's got to thank for live action Disney movies. Um, let's go ahead and move on because I think we've we've made our decision on Mowgli. I'm going to keep it six point five. I think Tanner's going to probably go what five out of ten. Five out of ten. So you know, take that as you will. Maybe worth a watch. Maybe not. Jay gives it a two out of ten. <laughs> Jordan over here. Is, or one out of five, if you want to simplify that bad boy. <laughs> he, did, he did not like it one Math. bit. But now, moving on to the biggest news story of the day, and that is the Golden Globes has released their nominations for the 2019 Golden Globes, also known as the Super Duper TV and Movie Awards show. And uh, I wanted to kind of talk about maybe our snubs, maybe the people we wanted to see. I'm I'm excited with quite a lot of these, but I gotta get this off my chest like right now. Best motion picture, best motion picture drama. Black Panther should a hundred percent not be in that category. I find that absurdly ridiculous that that movie is up for best picture. The Dark Knight didn't even get nominated for Best Picture. Oh, much better movie. That didn't come out this past year, Max. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was like 10 years ago. Oh, shit. Uh, I've been asleep all this time. No, uh, it just, it, 
you know, I know it came out in a different year, obviously, but if The Dark Knight doesn't even get nominated for Best Picture, either should Black Panther. It's a good movie, but God, it's not it's not worthy of uh, Best Picture, and uh, that that I think that is ridiculous. I think uh, that has taken the space of way too many good films that could have been there instead. Yeah. I'd say overall this year is probably pretty weak compared to last year's movies that came out. I'm actually surprised to see Bohemian Rhapsody and Best Drama as well. This one has, I mean, I, I that didn't seem to land too well with critics, but it's mm-hmm. also up there for movie of the year. So maybe I need to give that I mean, a shot. Did you see, have you guys seen First Man? No. I thought that was, it was a good movie. It was a good retelling. Oh, wow. First Man isn't on there. I know. I, I think that's one of the biggest snubs. I mean, it, the way they told the story, I thought was really interesting. Um, so I was kind of surprised. I mean, I agree. Like there are certain parts where it's kind of slow, but overall, I thought it was it was a overall good movie. This is like uh, I'm going to sound condescending here, but this seems like a general audience's kind of take on movies, and not a more critical yeah. lens or who. Like the Academy, like the Academy's a joke. The Golden Globes are like a joke of a joke of a joke of awards. Now yeah. they do. If you look at the other nominees, there's also Stars Born, which I thought was pretty good for most of it. It kind of trailed off for me. Um, Black Klansman, and If Beale Street Could Talk, which has not gotten wide release yet. Um, same director who did Moonlight from 2016. So I'm really looking forward to this one. And I feel like if any movie should win, it's probably going to be that one. I um, I have not heard much about If Beale Street Could Talk. I mean, I saw the trailer for it, and I know critics are kind of going nuts for it. I haven't seen too much reaction um, from it. But, I mean, it's kind of one of those movies that sneaks in there, is super heavy drama, and uh, kind of takes a lot of the awards movie maybe not a lot of people have seen it looks right. excellent i can't wait i think it comes out this weekend yeah along with spider-man so yeah i haven't seen moonlight either i need to definitely give that a give that a shot Ooh, um, for sure my favorite movie out of this these, these five right here is definitely black klansman though i thought black klansman was great it was dramatic it was funny um, it had a good combination of yeah. of humor and and drama. seriousness yeah, yeah. It's generally genuinely frightening in some parts. Like, just, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah. Um, so I, I was a fan of the Black Klansman getting nominated. I think that that definitely is deserving. Um, best action, uh, best actor, motion picture drama. Excited to see William Defoe at Eternity's Gate in there. I haven't seen that movie, but I'm I'm glad to see that he's getting praise for his role there because it sounds like people have been saying he's he's great as um um. Good lord, what's his name? Uh, the 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 painter. Someone help me out. Vincent Van Gogh. There we go. Thank you. You knew that, and you hesitated. I'm I'm reading. <laughs> you hesitated. <laughs> Wait, I would, thought you would help me out earlier. Uh, Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased. He seems to be. He's kind of like in the same category as Timothy Timothy Chow. Chalamet. Like they're Chalamet. Chow Chow Chalice. There's um. He he's getting a lot of huge dramatic roles as well, and he just seems to keep getting nominated. Um, 
and Rami Malek is in there for Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought he would get nominated because I, I just from the trailers, it looks like he's giving a hundred percent there. I think it's cool to see that he's getting validated though as an actor outside of TV. Uh, he's been a movie actor before, uh, Mr. Robot, but it is cool to see that he's getting some some love there. Um, but how about Melissa McCarthy? Can you ever forgive me? I didn't. I've not. I've never heard of this movie. Uh, I've never seen a trailer I it for was it. Interesting. Yeah. she's getting nominated though. Yeah. I remember. I saw a trailer for it a while ago. Um, it looked kind of interesting. I was surprised because it wasn't a comedy. Well, it says biography comedy on the IMDb I think page. It, I think it's more of a But if you go to that IMDb though. page, if you go to the IMDb page, Melissa McCarthy's face is there on the start of a trailer, and it looks absolutely uh, extremely depressing, just the mm-hmm. face she's making. Do you know what it's about? <laughs> uh, no. So, so basically, from my understanding, it's about a writer who um, is not able to kind of sell her work, her art. So what she does is she starts forging... Um, you know, writings from famous artists. Letters. Famous, yeah, letters. Yeah. And so she starts selling them and making money, but then she ends up getting outed. Um, and I think it's a whole story about her going through that whole, um, I guess, just kind of plot. And then I, I guess, you know, Will You Forgive Me is about her trying to find forgiveness from that. I thought it was interesting um, just because we're not really used to seeing M- Melissa McCarthy in a dramatized role so and i'm happy for her because i think she gets way too much crap for her comedic wheelhouse i mean people go and see her because she's funny you may not land with you but there's a reason she keeps getting paid tons of money to go to the theater there's reason she gets paid a lot of money to fall down endlessly in her movies and she's going out there and falling down and farting a lot for our laughs (laughs) she's getting back up she's doing the kevin james shtick and people chris farley people identify with that Chris Farley too. Yeah, I, I think I, I find Melissa McCarthy funny. Honestly, I find her facial expressions funny. She, yeah, she's fine. She's, she's a good physical actress uh, with physical comedy, rather. And I, I, I don't know. I get a kick out of her movies. I haven't seen one. I don't think I really. I, I did. I thought Spy was pretty good. If you guys haven't seen Spy, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good fun. Um, so yeah, uh, and then another so in the, also in that same category for best actress motion picture drama, Lady Gaga, A Star Is Born. I love that she is listed as Lady Gaga and not her actual name, but uh, that one seems like she's gonna run away with it. It seems like that is the favorite to win this award, not only at the Golden Globes but the Oscars. Tanner, would you like to speak on Lady Gaga's role in The Star Is Born? Because uh, you haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen it. I just seen the trailers. It looks good. She gives a very um very naturalistic performance. I totally bought her as the character. Um again, I think the performances are the best thing about that movie. The script kind of falls apart as the movie goes on, I think, but uh Lady Gaga did great. I can't you can't help but fall in love with her while watching this movie. It's crazy how ridiculously talented she is. Oh, yeah. Uh, you you can be a great singer, but it seems like constantly, you see, not constantly, but you see some singers you know, trace over to acting, and uh, they're just as good as an actor as well. We're seeing it with the Bumblebee actresses. Uh, she's uh, the great singer. Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, mm-hmm. Haley Steinfeld. I think she started in acting, though. Yeah, and she's, True grip. but she's also just a great singer, too. So it's mm-hmm. great to see. I know Lady Gaga got a lot of love as well. I think she won the Golden Globe, actually, for her performance in American Horror Story. Yeah, which and I she never did. 
I fell off that show. I've never watched a single episode. It's not good. Yeah, I've never seen a single episode. I know it has yeah. a cult-like following. People love talking about that show. It's kind of like, I think it's kind of like Walking Dead, where not many people, it, uh, the people you around you who have watched it this entire time are like, yeah, I've fallen off that show. It's just not as good. Yet it still yeah. pulls in the, it's the most watched TV show on television. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's pulling in massive numbers. So it's amazing I, how many fans The Walking Dead has when I've yet to find anyone who yeah. has anything good to say I about know, it. I know. <laughs> Who's it's, watched it since the beginning. Yeah, I, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, moving on to best motion picture comedy, musical or comedy. Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins, and Vice. Surprises Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins isn't there. even out yet. I know. I'm surprised. It must be doing really well with the early screeners. Got some screeners, but yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose yeah. it's a musical. Mary Poppins is more of a musical, so it could it it's good enough to fall in that role, I suppose, because there's not many musicals that came out. People love Crazy Rich Asians, by the way. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't. I, I need to. Again, I've fallen off my movie viewing as much as I had because of because of movie pass going out. So I need to get get on that you, gold card. You, you are know, on a movie podcast. Solid gold. You know what's really that interesting? AMC gold. Mary Poppins was not nominated for best original score. Hmm. hmm. You think it would be? You'd was Black so. Panther? Yes. Yes. Kendrick Lamar's Black uh, Black Panther was nominated for original Best score. score. I listened to that soundtrack coming oh. up to the release of that movie. It's an interesting take. I mean, he he just straight up makes a whole album for the movie. I liked it. It was just a straight up hardcore hip hop album in a Marvel Disney film. I mean, it was edited in the movie, but you know, it's got that whole explicit content sticker on it. You're listening to this and you're like, superhero movie, huh? <laughs> Yeah. This is wild. Now, on Best Actor in Motion Picture, I think Christian Bale probably has to be the favorite there. I mean, the guy put on like 150 pounds to play Dick Cheney, so you can almost feel bad not giving it to him. But I'm I'm really rooting hard for Vigo here, if I'm being honest, in Green Book. Have you seen the Green Book? <laughs> no, I haven't. But I just, I just love Vigo. Sure. I have seen Hidalgo. Let me tell you about Hidalgo. It's a great, oh, great I horse racing movie. I forgot about that. It's a great horse racing movie. Letter Buck! That's what he says when he goes to win the race. Letter Buck! That's great. It's excellent. So uh, Spot on. Spot on. It's funny. I think we're <laughs> I think we're all a little tired right now, by the way. I feel like we're, we're, we're hanging on by a thread. I mean, I would say there's just, the listeners, for most of these movies... We, what? What? So the listeners don't know this, but we spent at least two hours trying to get these mics sounding all right. <laughs> Jordan, our uh, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, our production, our production manager, lead here, voice of Cinemaxic as well, worked his ass off to get this going again. So we appreciate him very much because we we sat here for two hours as he uh, tried to get it to work, and we finally figured it out. So uh, good on Jordan there. He he put in good solid days work. Um, so. We're hanging in there, though. Um, is there any like uh, thing that didn't get nominated you guys would uh, wish was getting nominated? By the way, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz both getting nominated for the favorite and best supporting actress for for that movie, The Favorite. That's pretty good. Um, wow, there's three. There's three actresses getting nominated for the favorite. Olivia Coleman as well. Mm-hmm. I need to see that. That one seems to be getting I great the reviews. People think it's really yeah. yeah. It's the favorite for a lot of these rewards, Tim. It really is. Yep. But I mean, 
I'm I'm pissed about Paddington too. How do you not nominate Paddington two? That is. Do you want me to? One of the most incredible movies of the year, Golden and Globes you should go see it. Teenagers, do you, Max. <laughs> do you want me to? It's a great movie. I it's cried. An award show for I teenagers. cried at Paddington too. Hey, I cried, hey. Jordan. Christopher Robin. Yeah, no, 2018. It came out earlier this year, January. Christopher Robin got snubbed. So it came oh, out. It came out in the UK in 2017. So maybe that disqualifies it. I don't know. I've seen I've seen articles. Well, yeah, articles saying, saying Paddington snubbed. snubbed. So you'd think it, that it would be because it was released in America in 2018. Well, maybe the Golden Globes considers that a disqualifying factor mm-hmm. and thus snubbed it. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. I don't it know. I well, no, because it was released even if it was released in 2018, it was released after the Golden Globes because that does 2017. It was yeah, but it took place in like yeah. I don't know. We'll don't have know. to take a look. But uh, I was really upset about that. That movie is great. Great comedy. Great heart. Wonderful story. Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. Um, it's just, it's excellent. So I, I was really sad to see that not get nominated. Actually, that's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. Right? That's how much I've really, really liked it. It's, it's uh, no Christopher Robin, that's for sure. Damn you, Tim. And you're Christopher Robin. He does poo look cast. a good. It's, it's, he said it, the Pooh cast is back again. As I, as I said earlier, everyone needs to watch that movie. Let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, um, I think that I mean we we've covered a lot of the Golden Globes. Honestly, guys, is there anything else you want to speak on on the Golden Globes? Nope. I think uh, I think we've covered quite an extensive amount of it. Uh, definitely take a look at that when that uh, airs on January sixth, thousand nineteen. Um, hosted by uh, Sandra O oh and Andy Samberg. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm excited to see. I always like watching these award shows. I know it's kind of dumb, but I, I do enjoy watching them. Um, by the way, uh, I don't know what happened to our Trello board. I was going through, uh, making sure everything was listed, and uh, our board has disappeared. So now we're freestyling it. Oh, it's my God. Gone. <laughs> it's gone. I, you were editing. <laughs> Is that what happened? Oh, damn it. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I was uh, – it's whatever. It's okay. We're free. We're Trailer. free. It's okay, Jordan. Um, moving on, because we can't go a podcast without some DC news. Yes. Can't do that. Birds of Prey gets a title, and it's a long one, but I'm kind of digging it. Birds of Prey it. and Where to Find Them. Birds, Birds of, prey, of Prey. The Crimes of Harley <laughs> Quinn. And the fantabulous and the fan- emancipation Birds of, of one prey. Harley Quinn. Yep. Birds of, I, th- I think we, Max was really excited. I wanted to say, to say it, damn it. <laughs> you son of a Say it. Birds of Prey and the emancipation of, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So it's supposed to be a comedy. It's going to be a dark comedy. Uh, I'm excited about it. I, Margot Robbie really cares about her her role as Harley Quinn. She really cares about it, and it's probably because her paycheck is massive. But she does. I mean, she puts in a lot of effort here. She helped chose the right uh, chose the writer. She helped write this thing. Apparently, uh, she wanted. She was the one getting the wheels turning for this type of movie at WB, um, and she's been talking about it recently, uh, making it sound like it's going to be a a good team-up movie with a lot of action and humor and heart. Uh, Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, that take on the character, that was the... I mean, Harley Quinn was popular before that. Yeah. Within, you know, Batman nerd culture series, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but she was really the only breakout thing from that movie that carried out of it at all. I saw, like, a McDonald's cashier who had her hair... Like, yeah, died like that. It's had an unbelievable uh, cultural impact. So yeah, it. it that's the one thing that's 
survived the Suicide Squad disaster, and it just I think kind of shows how insecure Warner Brothers is right now with the DCEU that they are very much making it clear Harley Quinn is a major part of this movie. <laughs> they really are. They're like, she's in it. It's in the title. Because Birds of Prey, guys, is nothing to do with Harley Quinn. Let me nothing. Give, let me give you a little nerd a little nerd tour here. The Birds of Prey are called the Birds of Prey because it has to do with bird-like heroes for the most part. It consists of Black Canary, who is typically seen with the hero Green Arrow, in a uh, fictional city called Star City. Otherwise, it's basically Seattle of the DC Universe. And in some in some comic books, she's straight up just from Seattle. Um, and she has the ability to give a canary cry, which is a very powerful sonic blast that she just screams out from her mouth. And, uh, that, and she's also a skilled martial artist. You were gonna say you're looking I, at me. You're gonna say something. Had a joke there. You but had a I joke. Didn't want, I didn't want to. Oh, uh, come on, Tanner. We're keeping this thing. Don't hold your Sounds back. like my ex. <laughs> am I right? Uh, Kill me. Anyways, there's um, then Batgirl, who is obviously not a bird. Actually, I just realized. <laughs> Batgirl is, has nothing to do with a bird. I don't know why she's a part of the Birds of Prey, but Batgirl is uh, one of the Birds of Prey. You could say they're the birds of the, the mammal world. <laughs> you could say that. You could put those words together and speak yep. them. I I, uh, I could bunch that in there for sure. And then finally, Huntress, who is a kick-ass female hero who fights with a crossbow and kills people relentlessly, and she's kind of a badass. And That's those three. Those three has not. Those three make the birds of prey in Gotham City. Now Harley Quinn. And now they're throwing Harley Quinn in there. So I don't know entirely how they're going to fit her into this story, but any way they can. Yeah, <laughs> any, any any possible way they can have Margot Robbie be a headliner for this movie, they will do it. Well, Margot Robbie prints money at the movie theater, basically. So I I don't know if it's still just rumor, but word on the street is that Ewan McGregor is playing Black Mask. No, that's Mask. confirmed. So yeah. Hugh McGregor as Black Mask is the primary villain, yet this film has the subtitle, The Emancipation of Harley Quinn, who she tied to is the Joker. So are they going to like do Suicide Squad again where they try to shoehorn some Joker element into this that has absolutely nothing to do with I the imagine, rest of the film? I imagine there will be a Joker element in this movie. There has to be because it's Harley Quinn. He has to be in there somehow. Uh. But... What I imagine it's going to be is like very little, nothing to do with really the story, but mostly only having to do with Harley's character arc in the movie, but he's not going to interfere with anything in the movie is what I would imagine is going to happen here because I, I just don't, I don't see them wanting to incorporate the Joker too much into this. And I swear to God, I hope they reckon, I just hope they retcon Jared Leto's Joker. I don't think Jared Leto is a bad actor, and I don't think he was a bad choice for the Joker, but the vision they had for his character in Suicide Squad is damn near offensive to a comic book fan, to a to an animated movie and TV show fan like I am. It's It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, and I hate it. I hate all of his gaudy purple leather shit he wore and his stupid-ass damage tattoo on his forehead and his grills and his weird ass I hate him I hate everything about his character 
everything about it I hate and I want it gone. SoundCloud rapper Joker. SoundCloud rapper Joker, pimp Joker. It's garbage and I hate it. And it's what's what's going to, because DC is still confused on what they're really doing. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie that comes out in October is going to be probably incredible, if you ask me. At least his performance is going to be great. And they're going to be like, wow, we should try and get Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker. But no, he's doing a one-movie-only thing. The only reason he did this movie is because he didn't want to sign up for a whole freaking universe, probably. And now there's going to be drama there. Like, oh, we're stuck with Jared Leto as the Joker. Uh, He was originally in talks for Doctor Strange, fun fact. Yeah, he was actually. He Wait, he dropped out. Wa- Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. Yeah, he dropped out because he didn't want to do the whole. I mean, the whole. He didn't want to get thing. tied to like a yeah. multi movie contract, which you just have to respect. By the way, sure. I mean, how much mm-hmm. money are you going to get from that? Like a lot. You're going to get your probably one or two of your own movies. Definitely one or two of your own movies. Doctor Strange one and two. He's going to be. He's both of those Avengers movies, and he made a cameo in Thor. Like mm-hmm. that's well over like probably two hundred million dollars made. He's really for him. big on those indie films, though. <laughs> He's getting a little sloppy. Hey, oh boy. <laughs> um, I mean, I would argue he's the best working actor right now. Did you ever see You Were Never Really Here? Yes. I loved that movie. That's. I know it technically hit the film, the film festival circuit in 2017, but it didn't really get a theatrical release until this year. Mm. I'm counting it as a 2018 movie. It's in my top five of the year so far. I actually started oh, yeah. to watch You Were Never Really Here uh, with Tyler, and uh, his Xbox kept freezing as we kept trying to play it. So That's we just, a shame. yeah, we just settled and watched like Avengers Infinity War, I think. So I'm bummed out. I need to it watch that. It was a really dark movie. That's Excellent. what I hear. I hear it's dark. I loved it. It's like an art house neo noir. Kind of like uh, kind of sounds like Inherent Vice, another Walking Phoenix movie. A, li- a little, a little more grim, mm. much more bleak. I haven't seen Inherent Vice, but they did look strange. So I, I'm excited about Birds of Prey. I always will be excited about these DC movies. They can announce whatever they, will, they want, and I'm going to be excited for it just because that's how big of a fan I am of this. I think it sounds like they're riding the ship with Aquaman. I mean, if if we take a look at it, the past three movies that came out, Wonder Woman, Justice League, and Aquaman, two of those who were the, that are under kind of the new helm of DC – we're really, or it sounds like they're going to be, Aquaman sounds like it's going to be great from actual legitimate critics. They say it's great. And Wonder Woman was obviously great. Justice League was not. But Justice League was kind of made when DC was still in its Zack Snyder phase. And that got phased out and they tried to rescue it and it didn't happen. So Justice League kind of had to take the bullet. But Wonder Woman was great. Aquaman is getting great reactions. Shazam, I think, looks like an absolute joy to yeah. me. I think it looks... Yep. So good. That's probably the one I'm most excited about. And it's a super unique take on a superhero. I'm so glad they decided to go forward with this because it's something no one has done with the superhero genre. So I'm super excited to see Shazam. The original Captain Marvel. The original. And I hope they make a little cheeky joke about that in a trailer because the original Captain Marvel is freaking Shazam and they have to now call him Shazam in this movie because there's a Captain Marvel movie coming from actual Marvel. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Uh, and I think Margot Robbie's passion for the character should make you excited for this movie to begin with. So we're going to definitely keep an eye on that, and we will be the place to come to for all the news that might come out about Birds of Prey and also any future DC property for sure. Um, guys, trailers coming out this month, though. We got an Avengers trailer, which I thought was a beautiful tease. So well done. Yep. These mo- Guys, 
Marvel movies are so much better when they take a darker tone. <laughs> when they take a darker tone, they are so much better. I, I, I don't like the lighthearted comedy that I get from all these movies sometimes. When they go darker and they do grim kind of looking stuff, I'm just I'm enthralled by it. The characters yeah. are great that's, in this type of situation. That's one thing I liked about Iron Man 3, just because it, it had a little darker tone to it. Yeah, when I think when they're allowed to explore more of an emotional space, like mm-hmm. as fun as Thor Ragnarok is, it it's very you'd never really take it seriously, right. which is by design. I mean, the director himself even said it's just a, it's a comedy, um, in his eyes. Uh, but you know, Infinity War, which is definitely the most grim of all the Marvel movies so far, I think had some of the genuinely funniest moments of a Marvel movie yet. And I think it's because they're so well-placed. Not a single one of those jokes felt forced to me. Yeah. Not a single right. one. And that's what's been so terrible with uh, Marvel movies for me. Iron Man calls Ebony Moss Squidward, I <laughs> almost pissed myself I was the laughing that was so funny. Tim can thing. vouch for me. I hilarious. was nearly crying. I was laughing so hard. I thought that was so goddamn funny. All right, Squidward. So funny, yeah. So well timed. I I love that. Um, and there's yeah, there's and, and and such a small thing that because it's such a small pop culture reference, some people didn't get it. But Star Lord calling Thanos uh, grimace, grimace, the McDonald's, <laughs> the McDonald's yeah. chicken it, nugget. Guy. It makes sense because it's it's a dated <laughs> it's a dated reference in. Yeah. Uh, Star Lord was the last time he was on Earth was in the eighties, mm-hmm. so it's perfect. It was so funny, um, and I was so happy they did that, not like Barney or something obvious. Yeah, Spider Man uh, when they're fighting him on Titan and he's going through the portals, and he's like magic kick, magic punch, <laughs> magic kick again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is really great humor in that, but the overall tone of the movie was clearly serious, and I just appreciate that in my superhero movies so much. Um, because I think these are serious. They, they're movies that deserve to be told seriously, and so I, I, they're stories that deserve to be told seriously. So I appreciate when they do it. But this new trailer is very much uh, bleak until the bit at the end with Ant Man. Yeah, um, but yeah, is this old footage? You know, I love that. I'm love it too. What was that? I'm just laughing at that meme I saw. There was a meme yesterday that just dismantles <laughs> talks about the Last Jedi and it. it, it I'm not going to try. That's not going to make for good podcast. I'm just describing a meme, um, but it's really funny. Yeah. You did earlier. <laughs> All right. In, in, in slide one, there's this guy here. No. What were we saying, Tanner? Um, I like the trailer overall. It, You know, I just, I, I'm definitely excited for the movie no matter what. The trailer itself, I kind of wish there was just something a little more meaty shown just some kind of action yeah, shot to really seal the deal sure i they think basically it's, are it's clearly like a more of a teaser than a trailer yeah i mean they they have us in the palm of their hands basically yeah. so oh sure anything we see and they have so many movies be... they have to promote right now captain marvel and um exactly. spider-man coming before too long so i mean and then star I, wars too i mean Disney. star wars yeah they're they got yeah like you said they have us in the palm of their hand they'll they'll do that but I, I still thought overall just to set the tone, it was good. <laughs> well, like well, uh, scene by scene breakdown. <laughs> I, uh, we, well. Mm-hmm. That's Nebula. 
So she should be on the ship with Tony. She left him. You don't think it's Tony? Who do you think it is? Well, I I maybe. I mean, he's he's also here's. Maybe. He's a dusty boy, though, isn't he? It looked like the interior gonna, of the I'm ship. Gonna pull up the trailer right now. Um, Let's look at that clip. Let's. Yeah, Tim, could you pull that up? <laughs> yep. Here's Absolutely. the thing: is that Disney can't even try to pretend that the people who were snapped aren't coming back. They have announced sequels for like they every single damn exactly. one of them so that died. That's that's what I was thinking of in the trailer where uh, Scarlet. Black Widow, Black Widow is talking to Captain America and she's like, it's going to work. And I want to be like, yeah, I know it's going to work because these characters <laughs> have announced sequels <laughs> that are already filming. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, it's, yeah, I was like, come on. I, that's what it bummed me out about the snap to begin with because all these characters, I wish that would have just held off on the announcements at least a little bit of these new movies just until yeah. Infinity War came out. So I wasn't like, because that totally undercut the dramatic moment of me. Because as, oh, yeah. as, as soon as I saw Black Panther fade away, I'm like, oh, okay, well, none of these guys are dying. Exactly. Because he's like, going to get like 85 sequels. <laughs> so I, oh, yeah. They, I mean, by the before it came out, they'd already confirmed they're making a yeah, second So one. as soon as he disappeared, I was like, this isn't serious at all. So it took... It, oh, it, I'm yeah, so people sad. Were, people were reacting. They're like, they were like, oh, man, that was so hard to... Such a hard moment to see all them die. I'm like, it... They are dead. It They're was, coming back, it man. It's still emotional, but... The only emotional one was Peter Parker. When, yeah, but yeah. like yeah. you said, I felt the same way. As soon as Black Panther got dusted, they, they overplayed. Like, oh, the movie they overplayed just, their hand. The movie that just yeah. made nearly $2 billion is now <laughs> is the, isn't done. Yeah, yeah it's, if, if they would have left him and Spider-Man out... I could have bought it. Yeah, Doctor Strange yep. gone. Uh, Black Panther's like All the buddies Guardians. gone. The Guardians gone. Yeah. That could have been besides like Rocket. That could have been potentially believable, and I would have been like, "Holy shit, what's gonna happen?" Well, and I, I don't know how many people are already familiar with uh, the comic story, but we know the snap gets reversed. So, yeah, sure. No, you're fine. But my thought, that's an application where the snap back works. Okay. But it was past. Right, Gamora's still gone, so she's like consoling him or something. Okay. I can see that. Oh. That's a good idea. That might be, that could be the case. That's sad. That is the case. Yeah, that would be sad. I was actually bummed to see Star Lord get snapped away too. I was hoping he would be oh, one yeah. of the guys staying. No, you're you're good, Jordan. Yeah, I, I was I was um, bummed to see him get snapped away because I liked his dynamic with those characters. I would have preferred he stayed. And but I mean, I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan. That probably is my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. It's good. It's very got good. a lot of undeserved hate after the snap. People were blaming Star Lord, but his his lady just got. He just found out his lady died. It's completely within character for him to rage out like that, A. And B, the whole point of the movie is that the only person willing to do what needs to be done is Thanos. The heroes consistently fail to do what they should do. Even Thor, when he throws uh, the axe, he purposefully aims for his chest just so he can have time to gloat as Thanos is dying. And as Thanos said, you should have aimed for the head. I thought the Russo brothers said he was aiming for the head. No, they confirmed he, he was purposefully oh. trying to just rub Thanos' face in it. 
as revenge for you know it's Loki getting killed. So that's that's the central point of the movie is that the heroes just they failed all around. Yeah, that's true because like Tony Stark didn't ever reach out to Captain America. Yeah, no. they never they never really came together. So I'm excited to see what happens in this movie. So much it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. Can't can't wait. Um, we were supposed to get Spider a Spider Man trailer on Saturday too, but uh, looks like that got delayed. But we did get a description of I, the trailer. And it looks like it's going to be an interesting take. There's going to be some lesser-known Spider-Man movie uh, villains in the movie. Yeah. Um, like Waterman or something Hydro like that. Hydro-Man. Hydro-Man. So Whoa. we knew Mysterio was coming, but yeah. the Hydro thing's completely out of left field. Apparently, and the, apparently what it is is that uh, Sam Jackson's character, Nick Fury, Nick Fury, brought in Mysterio, who's a classic Spider-Man villain, to fight these elemental beings which would be apparently Hydro-Man. Would we maybe see Sandman now? Because he seems kind of elemental. Could we see, potentially see all these various different uh, Spider-Man villains that are maybe smaller scale? Uh, I'm interested in that, that we're going to get multiple villains. That's the one thing I did, I was kind of bummed out about with Homecoming. I think the best thing about Spider-Man is his villains. And we got a kind of watered-down shocker. Shock, shocker, shirker, the shirker, yeah. watered down shocker, and we got uh, Vulture, who didn't really resemble anything like the Vulture in the movie in the comics, but I still really enjoyed it. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton no, he was great. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it, he was great. Um, so I was bummed by that in Homecoming. We didn't get the, his a lot of his villains because I think that's the, again the best part about Spider Man is his rogues gallery. Yeah, so. I, you think Norman Osborn's going to be in this one? I don't. Uh, I, I think there's a chance maybe he meets Harry when he's overseas. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like an end credit scene, him meeting Harry or something. You know, I, I can't remember all the details off the top of my head, but some people on Reddit are theorizing that like seeds of Norman Osborn are getting planted throughout the MCU. Like I think in mm. Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp, there's talk of you know some character buying stuff for some unnamed uh, kind of shadow figure. People are thinking, okay, well, maybe this is where Norman Osborn that would be comes cool. in. Yeah, That'd be and maybe cool. doing a Dark Avengers uh, at some point in the future. Yeah. I think that would be. I think that'd be a really great idea. So I, I, I hope Green Goblin and Norman Osborn and Harry Harry Osborn make appearances in the 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 sequel and some well, but at the same know, time you... there's been no mention of a harry in uh homecoming yeah so I, it would I, be I... weird to introduce him at this point do they have rights to the character i wonder do they have rights to that villain i don't know because we didn't get it. and also i would assume Home... so homecoming is tom holland's last contracted movie with marvel far from home far from god did i keep saying homecoming mm-hmm. I, did, I did this okay. last time we talked about this too <laughs> yeah. far a lot from of home is the last yeah is the last contracted movie for tom holland to appear in so unless sony and marvel make another deal uh this could be the last spider-man movie that we see from marvel don't say that i know but it's it's i think there's a very high chance that it is because i think sony and marvel's relationship has soured since sony really wanted to have venom be some sort of part of the mcu and they're like yeah, no, you're not putting Venom anywhere near my franchise. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to take Spider-Man back. So, I don't know. I'm curious yeah, about that. I don't know. Um, And uh, also, we're supposed to get maybe some Star Wars footage on the 25th. Now, we're not going to get too much into the Star Wars topic because, guys, we have Force Vision, our po- Star Wars podcast that's going to come out 
this week as well. We're doing two podcasts this week. We got this episode of Cinemaxic and Force Vision Episode 2, and we're going to discuss all sorts of things, Star Wars, finishing up our Last Jedi discussion, and we're definitely going to talk about the potential Episode 9 trailer, what we hope to see, and discuss really what we want to talk what we want to see in episode nine altogether so that's definitely something to keep an eye out for because we'll be posting about that here pretty soon um so we have that that footage potentially yeah. available uh jake gyllenhaal joined instagram by the way for that spy, for the spider-man promotion he joined he joined instagram and it oh he's, really because yeah. he's, mis- he's mysterio, he's mysterio yeah. yeah he's playing mysterio and uh they they i started to throw this in at the end here but uh apparently mysterio is going to be a good guy yeah, supposedly like Nick Fury hires him to work with Spider-Man, and then he, however, falls into being a bad guy at the end. Probably, oh, I would, imagine. I would assume so. However, there are theories that Samuel Jackson is actually a scroll, and hires Spider-Man to go over there and kind of mess things up. Hmm. Well, actually, I think and this takes place after Avengers, though. They're also thinking this is going to lead into Secret Wars. Hmm. I feel like they're betting a lot then on Tom Holland being Spider-Man for a long time with Marvel. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if they announce any sort of plans with that soon, like a Tom Holland getting extended or something. You'd think that would come sooner rather than later. But um, Now, uh, what else did we want to cover today, guys? New Godzilla trailer. Oh, yeah, that new Godzilla trailer came out. Now, I actually haven't seen the first Godzilla Um it's pretty good, but I hear I hear it's fun. I hear it's good. This takes this. By the way, this is a cinematic universe. This Godzilla movie. It's it's connected with Kong Skull Island. Uh huh. Connected with the first Godzilla that came out in 2013. 14. 14. Yeah. Um, it was really that long ago. Yeah, it's wow. been a minute. And Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters, which just got a second trailer today, and then they're already in development and produ- producing right now, Godzilla vs King Kong. So, um, but what do you think, think of this trailer? Win? You're a big fan of the first one, aren't you, Tanner? Um, I that first one was okay. I I'm a long time Godzilla fan. I could I could talk about this for hours. Uh, that 2014 movie disappointed me a little bit. Um, they the whole thing is they're kind of constantly teasing Godzilla throughout the movie, and you don't really get a good sequence with him until the very end. He has a fight with these these two giant bug monsters. It's a cool sequence, but like, I I don't like the way the movie just teased Godzilla for the entirety of it. It makes some fundamental changes to the nature of Godzilla that I I disagree with. So in this new giant monster cinematic universe, the idea is basically that the were these creatures are called titans which they've revealed now in these uh king of monsters trailers just these giant primordial animals that live in you know like the secret places secret remote places of the earth uh a hollow earth thing too um in that they're resurfacing for whatever reason and in you know the original take on Godzilla in the Japanese film Gojira, which came out in 1954, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, it's very much Godzilla's the product of nuclear weapons, nuclear experimentation. It was very much Japan's reaction to the you know events of World War II, the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so in these newer films, he's just one of these titans. He's just an animal that's existed, which I think takes away so much of the 
thematic and deeper value of that character, especially yeah. having that come to America. There's a lot there's a lot to play with there. That's kind of the ultimate chicken coming home to roost in a way. But both American Godzilla movies, uh, the one in 2000, whatever, or 1999 mm-hmm. with Matthew Broderick, again, that Godzilla is the product of the French doing nuclear testing. Uh, so we can't have Godzilla in the United States if we created him. We're not willing to to play with that idea for yeah. whatever reason, which is lame. They could do something um, more like like a plastic in the oceans thing. And, and he, sure, the like, trash island. He, he, Godzilla grew. comes out and he has his legs like really close together and he's waddling out of the ocean because there's those plastic ring things that goes around cans of soda. Yeah. Tied him <laughs> and he's just coming out and he's really angry about it. Uh, so that being said, the new trailer <laughs> <laughs> immediately shot down. Where you, yeah. The new trailer sells me a little more on this take just because it seems to be going full in on the schlock value. Um, there's that shot at the end with Godzilla charging King Ghidorah and it's got like United States military, like air support, like they're fighting <laughs> alongside with it. And I feel like you might as well double down at this point, go all in, make it as goofy as you can. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm on board with sympathy that. for the devil's plane as the helicopters roll. In yeah. And, Cause yeah. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla's not a good guy. Like in any of the Japanese films, usually he's fighting another giant monster. Kayaka, kayaka. But he's not doing it like, all right. <laughs> he's not doing it. Rush Hour 2, anyone? Have you not seen Rush Hour 2? Yeah, it's been a long time. Chris Tucker, he says, he says he's like, he's like, what did he say? Uh, what's the quote? No, he does. He says that. He says that. It's a, it's a quote. He says it. What I'm were trying, to have a, trying to have a serious conversation about giant monsters, Max. <laughs> It is. I'm going to pull up the clip, but you keep talking to Um, What was I even saying? America flying behind Godzilla. Yeah. Right. So it's, I mean, traditionally, he's always like the lesser of two evils. So, you know, the Japanese military will kind of try to position him against fighting the other worst monster. And then the other worst monster gets dealt with. And then the Japanese are like, crap, we need to get rid of Godzilla now. The Japanese films are very repetitive. They all kind of do the same, <laughs> the same thing. thing. Yeah, you can't watch a marathon of them. Um, but I will be happy to tell you which Godzilla movies you should watch. Uh, but, guys, King Ghidorah in this new movie, he is he is the largest lad. He's, his unit is absolute. He's the biggest boy. And he's, oh, I, I can't get boy. over it. <laughs> He's a three-headed golden dragon with two tails, and he shoots lightning breath. Ooh, he, wow. He killed the dinosaurs. See, I feel like I... Oh, wow, really? Well, at least then there's been several continuities within the Japanese films, but... I believe that's pronounced continuity. Continuity, right. Uh, but <laughs> Continuity. He's, he's described as like a walking apocalypse. Like he's... Oh, that's cool. He's the big bad in... He looks so cool in this new movie. I don't, you know, I need to get more into monster movies. I just, I have never been really into the Godzilla. And I will King tell Kong you stuff. which ones to watch. I actually kind of like Peter Jackson's King Kong. That might not be one of them that you say I should watch, but yeah, yeah, I actually kind of. Oh, like that one. I like that one. Real like, quick, I got that on uh, Black Friday. Real quick. Godzilla's coming. Rip it. 
All right. <laughs> I told you, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it's so good. What a great movie that is. What a great movie. I've seen this movie more times than I can count. I don't even know why. I, yeah. I, I just... I've just seen this movie so many damn times in my youth that I just recall it instantly. But that sounds really interesting, Tanner. <laughs> Guys, I don't think you realize this. The new Godzilla movie, not only does it have Godzilla and King Ghidorah, we've also got Rodan and Mothra, and there's been murmurings about maybe some other surprise monsters. I don't know. That seems like it's pretty loaded already. Well, I gotta. I have. Wow. I I need to know more th- about these characters as I go along because I I uh, I know <laughs> Godzilla's Moth, special. Mothra is just he's just trying to find the light. Huge moth. I'm telling just you, massive. In May, when we review this film, I could I could take the whole. You episode, could probably man. just beat Moth. Devote an entire you could probably, podcast. You could probably beat Mothra pretty easily. Just put a giant light bulb up in the sky. Moth are swarming around that Get sucker. Get those uh, moth memes back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, uh, the moth memes. Slaps tummy. <laughs> I miss those. It's going to make a comeback with Mothra. It like, probably There's going to be some new spins on it. It has to. It has it's to. going to be great for the meme economy. It really will be. Ugh. Um, but yeah. Sounds, sounds good. I'm hyped. It's yeah. got... Sally Hawkins in it from Paddington 2. Mm. We've got Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Mm. We've got O'Shea Jackson Jr., mm. Ice Cube's son, who played Ice Cube in uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yep, it looks exactly like him. Uh, yeah. Um, Millie Bobby Brown. Vera Farmiga. Did you say Millie Bobby Brown? I already said Millie Bobby yep. Brown. What about Millie Bobby Brown? <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. Who's that? It's got... <laughs> It's got that that uh, it's got the white guy with black hair. <laughs> you're talking the, uh, oh, you mean uh, uh, Severus Snape, Jack Black, Severus Snape? The, the, the He's just white man, Josh Brolin. No, no. What's, what's the guy? Charlie Chapman, Jimmy Stewart. No. Kyle Chandler, Super Eight. Super the dad Adam from Driver. Super 8. Super 8. Kyle the dad Chandler. from Super 8. Yes. White man. Oh, yeah. That guy. He was in, uh, he was in Tag. White no, dad. No, not Tag. Game Night. Game Night. Um, Ken Watanabe. Oh, yes. Otherwise known as the man who makes the deal in Inception. Yes. Oh. From Inception, from The Last Samurai, yes. from the 2014 Godzilla film. Same role. Uh, Thomas Middleditch. The Middleton. Middleditch. The guy from the cell phone commercials, Charles Charles Dance from the Charles cell- Charles Dance. Ooh, that's little Tywin Lannister. This is a pretty loaded cast. It is. Is that how he's listed on the poster? The guy from the television. The, the was cell he from SNL or something? Thomas oh. Middleditch. No, he's a uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, he's in that. Yeah, yeah. Man, he's just okay. He's just the Verizon guy now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. Definitely keep an eye out for Godzilla, uh, King of All Monsters, King of the Monsters, King of the Monsters, King of those monsters, King of them, Kingdom Monsters. Um, Tanner obviously very much loves this, so we'll definitely cover I that. I am horny for this movie, man. He is riled up over <laughs> to, there to steal some <laughs> someone some get that... phrasing from my brother, my brother, and me. Um, <laughs> someone get that boy a, a cold splash of water. Insert joke about King of the Monsters right here. What joke? What joke? He said he's uh, he's horny over there. Oh, 
Like the monsters are horny? No, he is. King Ghidorah has two horns for each head. (laughs) He's the horniest monster of us all. (laughs) You're damn right he is. To top off the podcast today, I also want to talk about Triple Frontier. We didn't didn't go over that at all. So Triple Frontier, the trailer just dropped this weekend. It's got Ben Affleck. It's got Oscar Isaac. It's got Michael Pena. It's got uh, Charlie Hunnam. It's got quite the crew in there or quite the cast and it turns out a lot of actors have dropped in and out of this movie because they just were uh scheduled having scheduling conflicts johnny depp was getting on it at one point Channing tatum was in on it at one point i believe christian bale tried to get in on this at one point so it to me shows a good sign that uh this is this is going to be a good movie now it's again it's a netflix exclusive though so that you know take that as you will but it does look like it's going to be very entertaining, and I like the premise of it a, a, a lot. Uh, people taking down the cartel who aren't uh, part of the government. They're just people who are robbing the cartel, and I think that sounds really, really interesting. Uh, what would you guys think of the trailer? I didn't watch it. Damn it, Tanner. I thought I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I put it on the queue. When? I don't know. I watched it. For sure. You like it? Oh, I did. Tim watched something. I, I, I did. Well, actually, uh, I shouldn't have said that. I said I haven't seen like at least 95 movies today. Well, I, I read the, the Mowgli review, and I was like, yeah. But anyways, uh, Triple Frontier, I first of all, I love the cast. I think it's full of great actors. Um, the whole plot is very interesting. It's like a Robin Hood kind of vibe to it. What? <laughs> but, I mean, overall, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good movie. What are you looking up? I'm not. Uh, there's uh, on IMDb they have uh, these Last Jedi posters for some reason of various different movies, and I don't, I don't get it. Walking Dead, kind of awkward. Photoshopped in there. Tim, what were you saying about the trailer? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's an interesting take. Uh, what are they like? Ex Marines, Navy SEALs, something in the military. Like that. But you know. They're kind of talking about how they weren't able to make enough money in the armed services, so they uh, they decide to steal from the cartel and make some money. I think it's a very interesting premise. Yeah, I think it's interesting too. We'll definitely keep an eye on it. It's coming out in March, I believe, so it's a ways away. But uh, I I hope these Netflix movies really start turning into movies that are watchable and not just uh, recycled garbage from the big studios who... Uh, don't feel like producing a movie and don't feel like maybe the most confident in it and they just shoo it out of there because that seemingly has all been happening with Netflix. So I'll remain hopefully op- optimistic. I do think Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, all those guys are great. So keep an eye on that. I think that's going to wrap up uh, the podcast for today, guys. We went over quite a lot of news, well, quite a wide array of different topics. We went superhero, we went trailers, we went Golden Globe noms. Gave a whole bunch of opinions, and uh, I think we did a really, uh, really expansive look at, on today's Cinemastic. So, thank you guys again for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Pretty much puts us out everywhere else: Stitcher, Spotify. Give us a listen. Give us a rating. Subscribe, and be sure you can uh, also tweet at us at Cinemastic or send us an uh, email at cinemasticpod at gmail dot com. We would be more than happy to mention a topic or question that you have on our podcast. We're the little podcast I could right now. We're growing. We're getting better. And uh, definitely thank you all so much for listening. My name is Max Liedem. I am your host. 
again for Tanner Rush and Tim Reichmuth. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Keep on watching. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.